Hello, listeners. On this show, I talk with everyday African Americans who were able to transform their passions and struggles into their dreams. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. This episode of the Black Gold Podcast is brought to you in part by the Black Gold Podcast store, where you can get exclusive Black Gold Podcast merchandise. Here you can purchase the new My Story Matters design on a comfortable t-shirt or in a snug and warm hoodie. Also, you can purchase my new ebook on podcasting called The Podcast Jumpstart Guide to help you get from zero to your first episode teaching you the tools and resources that I've used to build a quality podcast on a low budget. To get your hands on this awesome merch at a discount, go to www.blackgoldpod.com and go to the menu and click on the Black Gold Podcast Store discount button to save 10% off your next order. This episode, I interview Michael O. Benjamin, the founder of Consumer Ammunition Tactics, a credit repair and education agency based in Washington. In our conversation, Michael and I discuss the three principles that allowed him to pay off his student loans within a year after graduation, why you should start your business with credit and how the rich are able to turn credit into cash. Today with me on the Black Gold Podcast, I have Michael Benjamin. He is the founder of its Consumer Ammunition Tactics, and what he does is that he helps people with building business and personal credit. And so you've been doing it for how long? So my story is kind of crazy because I started by helping people pay out their student loans here and there. As far as credit and helping people with that, it's been about a year now. 20 years. So one of the things that you said when we first set up was that you paid off your student loans. It was a year after you graduated college. How were you able to do that? Well, f- first of all, what degree did you get from college and how were you able to pay that off? So I got a chemical engineering degree and I paid off my student loans at the age of 23, a year after I graduated. And pretty much the way I did it, I always tell people financial mindset. I feel like I've just been blessed, you know, all glory to God as far as approaching money. And I feel like a lot of people, as I've observed, they kind of have not necessarily a bad relationship with money, but some people do have a bad relationship with money. So I think it really just comes down to the mindset. You got to really see it before you actually see it so that you could seize it. You know what I'm saying? So you have to like, you have to really have that mindset like, okay, I can do X, Y, Z. On top of that, you got to actually take action. A lot of people, they just think about doing stuff, but they don't actually take action. That's why I've seen with people that may have wanted to be a client of mine, people that watch me from a distance and things like that. And that goes into the credit aspect as well. It's not even just uh, student loans. It's not even just credit. It's not even just going to the gym or something. You just got to have that mindset that I'm going to be able to take action. And at that time, I had a three-step process philosophy that I was living by. And this philosophy was uh, believe, plan, and execute believe is a spiritual aspect. You got to believe that you can and will do what you set out to do. So whether you're trying to increase your credit score or pay off your student loans, you got to understand the fact that you got to believe it's possible. If you don't believe it's possible, it's not going to happen. The person that believes they can do something and the person that believes they can't do the same thing, both of those people are correct. You know what I'm saying? So you might as well be delusional, if anything, and believe you can do it, even if you don't believe you can do it. So believe and then plan. What's your plan? When I was going through my student loans, I had a plan of I'm going to pay it off in a year. I'm going to position myself as an expert to speak on financial literacy. 
at the time it was student loans, but now it's transitioned over into credit just because I've learned more about credit. I've invested in myself. I have that positive relationship with money where I know that when I put out money, it's going to bring me more money. So I'm not afraid to invest in myself. Most people, they might be scared and be like, I'm not going to spend $2,000 on a course or something like that. The way I look at it is I'm going to spend that $2,000. I'm not even going to spend it. I'm going to invest that $2,000 and I'm going to make 10x that money. So the way I look at it is I'm going to get $20,000 at least out of it. So just having that mindset was what really allowed me to not be emotional with my money. And that was where I was able to see that success of paying off my student loans. And then the third step, like I said, execute. You just got to take action. It's as simple as that. You want to execute as fast as humanly possible before you can overthink yourself out of execution. That goes for student loans. That goes for credit. That goes for everything in life. So getting into the credit aspects of things. So you come out of college with a chemical engineering degree, then you pay off all the loans a year later, and then getting into the credit aspect of both personal and business. Did someone lead you to that or was it something you came across serendipitously? Yeah. So kind of like what I was saying earlier, the crazy thing is I had my first credit card at the age of 20. So I was in college at the time, but I didn't know nothing as far as different credit finesses I could do or credit tactics like manufacturer spending. I didn't know that you could use credit to pay yourself basically as far as selling trade lines if you wanted to. I didn't know the benefits of having that good credit. So what actually led me to that was going back to what I was saying earlier. I had that relationship with money where I looked at it as I'm just going to use it as a vehicle to elevate myself. So during my journey with credit, before I actually got into it, I had something where I was, I was suffering from something called, you don't know what you don't know, right? So it took me investing in myself in different programs. And I finally invested in something where I was not only more hip to credit as far as different tactics you could do. I invested in the mentorship. I invested like, I think it was like three grand, three grand in a mentorship, like 3,500 in a mentorship. And then I was getting exposed to different aspects of credit, essentially. And then on top of that, that mentorship led me to something else. Now I'm knowing about the consumer credit laws, stuff like the FDCPA, which is Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, 15 U.S.C. 1692. Specifically, 15 U.S.C. 1692C is a consumer credit law that says that debt collectors are not supposed to communicate with you about a debt, or that's a violation of at least $1,000 pursuant to 15 U.S.C. 1692K. So I was suffering from, you don't know what you don't know. A lot of listeners right now, they might not, they might just be listening to the numbers I'm saying, like, what is he talking about? You're suffering from, you don't know what you don't know. So what led me to credit was investing in myself. And I encourage everybody to invest in themselves. So as you said, there was something you didn't know before, but now that you know it, it's something that you can then utilize to further your own plans for your future. As far so, as leverage, as far as leverage, I knew about far. credit. Everyone knows about credit, but like leverage, different tactics, you know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. Yeah. So what are some of the things about credit that people like the normal person, if you don't walk into the grocery store and talk to someone about credit, what would they know that is false in terms of the way it's either been presented or something that is just completely untrue about credit and how it works? So one number one thing I'll say is that credit cards are bad. So a lot of the times growing up, they teach us like, oh, credit cards are bad. Stay away from credit cards, this, that, and the third. And I really think that just goes back to people's individual responsibility, people's individual discipline and things of that nature. Because what I learned is that you can use credit cards as, as like an investment vehicle. You can use your credit cards to essentially pay you. Me personally, I, in terms of credit card funding, I have upwards of six figures. So over a hundred thousand in revolving credit. I'm not saying like seven figures as far as over six figures. So I have over a hundred thousand in revolving credit. So just giving you an example, the worst case scenario, let's say I had 1% cash back on that hundred thousand dollars. If I'm, if I max it out through manufacturer spending, which is a tactic where you're not using your own money. 
So there's no risk. What would happen is I would get 1% cash back on all that, which would be $1,000. That $1,000 could be used to pay off, you know, a bill, various bills. Some people might pay off their rent and things like that. So when you use a credit card responsibly, you can really make money. You could also sell it as a trade line, an authorized user trade line to someone to help them build their own credit or something like that. So that's one of the misconceptions that people have as far as credit cards specifically. As far as credit too, I guess a lot of people might think, what, what would people think is false? So one thing people think that's false too, that I would want people to stop thinking is that you could fix your credit overnight. It doesn't work like that. Some people, they spend years and years of consistency messing up their credit and then they want it to be fixed in 2.2 seconds. That it, that's not how life works. You got to look at credit as life, right? So you got to be patient with yourself. When we go to my company, Consumer Ammunition Tactics, it's called CAT. So I want to talk about the core values. One of the core values um, is consistency. The core values are CAT. It's just, just based off of the name. So the C is consistency. You got to be consistent in those disputes that you're doing, whether you have a repo, whether you have a bankruptcy, negative items like collections and things of that nature. So you just got to be consistent with it. It's not going to necessarily knock off in one day. I know some people that do credit repair, they might market it as I'm going to sweep your credit. It's going to be gone in 2.2 seconds, right? That's, that's their marketing. But you just got to understand that it is a journey. So you want to be consistent. I'm talking about people that are doing it themselves. We, all, we also at CAD, we have done for you credit repair services and we're transparent with that. But the A is ability. So you got to understand, it goes back to that mindset. You have the ability to make sure that you can fix your credit. That's one misconception people have too. Like, oh, credit is super hard. I can't fix it. Something is only hard if you think it's hard, right? You just got to have that mindset. A lot of this stuff is mindset because credit, like I said, is life. So you have the ability to do it. We have the ability at CAT to do it, to help you if you don't have the time to actually fix your credit. But just uh, keep that in mind. The T is transparency. You got to be transparent with yourself. A lot of people, they're not transparent with themselves. They might not look at their credit. They might be like, oh, I have negative stuff on my credit. I'm not going to look at it. You have to look at your credit. If you go to freeannualcreditreport.com, you get access to all three of your credit reports. I don't know everyone's level as far as what they know about credit, but uh, there's many consumer reporting agencies. That's what we call them. But the main ones are Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. So you can get all three on freeannualcreditreport.com. You can get all three once per week until April of 2022. They might extend it, but that's what the case is now. So I would encourage everybody, go ahead and look at your credit reports. It's not as scary as you may think it is. Just look at it as a journey. So just a couple of misconceptions that people may have just to make them feel more comfortable about the journey. It's very funny you should mention that people should look it up because I always thought that whenever you look up your your credit, that there is something in the system that then tells whoever the, the head honcho of credit is that you looked it up and so that can bring down your points. So you're looking at what we would call a soft inquiry. So when you pull your credit, that's considered a soft inquiry. So there's things called soft inquiries and there's things called hard inquiries. So a hard inquiry is what does actually affect your credit. But to be honest, I tell people not really to focus too much on the hard inquiries because it is about 10% of your score. It doesn't matter in your score. It's basically like when you're applying for new credit, but the soft inquiries are like pre-approvals. It might be you looking at your score and things like that. And just to break down the entire component for anyone that may not know, payment history is the biggest chunk. Payment history is 35% of your score. Payment history is 35% of your score. I'm going to repeat one more time because people need to know payment and history is 35% of your score. So that's a third. Debt utilization rate, that is 30% of your score. So 35 plus 30, 65%, two thirds of your credit is based off of your payment history and making sure that your utilization rate is where it's supposed to be. The average utilization rate that they say is you should be at 30%. I always tell my clients to be at less than 10%. 30% is average, but if you're listening, to the black and gold podcast, you don't want to be average. So you want to be less than 10%. You want to make sure you can be less than 10% as close as possible. A way to reduce your utilization rate. One way to reduce your utilization rate is by making sure that you're able to get 
high credit limit increases. That's why we do stuff like manufacturer spending. If you go to my IG page, I talk about different topics that we could do over there. I'm not going to elaborate too much on here, but manufacturer spending is one way to drive up those limits and get credit limit increases. A different way to reduce that utilization rate is a tactic that you could do that you could do called hiding your utilization rate. And the way that you hide your utilization rate to report it as zero, you want to divide your revolving credit in half. So let's say you have $50,000 of revolving credit. You're going to want to make half of them due maybe on the first and then the second half due on the 15th. And all you do is to call your bank and ask them, you know, can you switch over your dates and things like that. Some banks will allow you to, some may operate on a weird consistent basis, but you just gotta, you just gotta make the move. Just, just attempt. So 25% will be doing the other 25% will be doing 15th. Basically as the first is about to happen, you'll take the revolving credit from the ones on the 15th. You'll take the cash off of them and then you'll pay down the one on the first. So when the first happens, that happens. So now, then the closing day happens, then the reporting day happens. Then when the 15th is about to happen, the first is available. So then you take the cash off of it and revolve it over there. And that process is called like liquidating your credit card. Some people might think like, oh, isn't it going to be fees associated like a cash advance? Not necessarily. One manufacturer spending tactic you could do is basically doing, so there's one thing called the Costco method. So basically Costco, they don't process Discover or MasterCard in store. So you could order a couple laptops online. Maybe it costs $6,000, speaking from something I did. As soon as it comes to your place, you return it. And basically because you, you, you use Discover or MasterCard to pay online, basically because they don't process Discover or MasterCard in person, they're going to have to give it to you in cash or on your debit Visa card. So now you took the cash off of that credit card. So that's one way to take the cash off of your credit card. That's manufacturer spending one-on-one. I got um, a CAT MS Secrets course that's dropping. So by the time this podcast episode, that was probably going to be out. But I said, I have to say 35% is payment history, 30% is your utilization rate. So we're at a 65%. 15% is your age. So the age of history you have. There's no number that says you have to have this age of history, but you want to have at least four years of history if possible. If you have a low age, that's where trade lines come in. So that is uh, 35 plus 30, 65 plus that 15, 80. And then 10%, like I said, is the inquiries. So inquiries is like new credit. Inquiries is like a hard, hard inquiry is like I applied for credit and whether I got approved or denied, you know, they pulled my credit. You looking at your credit, that's a soft inquiry. You looking at a pre-approval, that's a soft inquiry. I encourage people too, if they don't have any credit cards, one thing I always tell my clients Go to, you can Google discover pre-approval. You can uh, type in your information. It will have no impact to your credit because it will be a soft inquiry. They'll let you know what kind of credit cards you can apply for. And one thing I like about the discover it credit card that you can uh, get if you're a starter, basically whatever you get and cash back your first year is what they match you. So let's say after a year I've been using it, I get a thousand dollars in cash back. I'm going to get an additional thousand dollars after that first year. So that's just one hack. I have a podcast where I talk about how to finesse that, but that's 10%. The last 10% is credit mix, right? A lot of people that have thin files, they want you to have a good mix of files. When I say a good mix of files, they want to see installment loans, right? An installment loan would be like your car loan or student loan. They want to see uh, revolving lines of credit. So that's like your credit cards and things like that. So yeah, that's just the basics of an entire credit report and the different components. So whenever you see someone take out, it's a credit card in it's the child's name when the child is maybe 10 years old. Is that so then that way they have a good credit history? So once they turn 18, they'll be able to utilize that? Yeah, so that's that's a good tactic I encourage people to do if they're responsible. So luckily for me, my parents, they did the same thing, added me as an authorized user. That's a author that's being added as an authorized user. And you could actually make money from adding people as an authorized user. So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to trade lines. But what parents can do, like you said, they could add their child as an authorized user and then they have years of history basically. 
it, assuming that they don't like default on the card or have bad payment history, like you want to make sure you don't put your, you know, child in a, a bad situation, basically. So yeah, by the time they turn 18, they're going to have years of positive history. They're going to come out the gate with like 700 something credit score, and they just might have a thin file. Then they're just going to need to get stuff like different primary accounts. They could sign up for something like self-lender where they're basically taking out a loan, but they're essentially paying themselves and different primaries and just get a good mix of credit. And then they'll be able to get some funding. They could go start a business for free based off of using 0% interest credit cards and they can do manufactured spending. They can get things for free, get free shoes. I actually posted on my Instagram today. I got um, free designer clothes just based off of manufactured spending. So there's, there's no limits to what you can do with manufactured spending. So what you, what you do in terms of manufactured spending, that is you purchase an item, like you said, Costco, $6,000 laptops, right? And then you would go back to the store to return them in person. And since they don't accept your card, they have to give it to you either as cash or on your, on your debit card. It would be your, yeah, it would be your visa basically. That's one example, just because Costco doesn't process discover or MasterCard, MasterCard. but I, I, yeah, I will say that I did, I personally did discover, but I heard that MasterCard is the same thing. So I was at Costco one time. I tried to pay in person with discover and they said that it didn't work. And I was like, that's interesting. So then I saw online, you could actually use discover. So then I did that and it worked out. So that's just, that's just one method. Like I said, in the cat MS secrets course, I have multiple methods. I have I have a method that will that you can literally do from your home that has no fees and it's pretty quick. The main thing that people that do manufactured spending know about manufactured spending is that there are two main problems. One problem is the fees. So if we look at something like the PayPal method, which is completely legal, this is how this is how you do the PayPal method. Let's say you have one business PayPal account and you have a personal account, or if you have two business PayPal accounts. What you would do is you would take the business A and invoice business B. So then you, what you'll do to pay the invoice, you'll, you'll pay with the credit card that you're actually trying to liquidate. And you want to make sure it is for you, an expense for your business. So it could be mentorship. It could be marketing. You know, it could be something that you use for Facebook ads or something like that. I'm not telling you to invoice something you're not actually using for your business, but this is just a way to take the cash off the card, basically. So you'll invoice it. Maybe it's for a Facebook budget. Facebook ads could be 2000 3000 whatever people's budget is. So then you'll pay with that credit card you're trying to um, liquidate. But the thing is, with PayPal, they charge 2.9% plus $0.30 cents for every transaction. So for every $10,000 you want to liquidate, you're going to end up paying almost $300. So if we talk about, like, you want to manufacture spend $30,000, you're almost paying $1,000 just to do all that. So that's why with the Cat MS Secrets course, I came up with um, one tactic I got is where you can manufacture spend from your home, comfort of your home, no fees, at least $30,000 plus. So you're already saving a thousand just based off of that. So fees is a huge problem with manufacturer spending. Second thing is time. People don't necessarily want to have the time to be doing a lot of different things. So one thing with uh, time, there's a gift card method. With the gift card method, it's very, very basic. This is what I tell everybody that's getting used to manufacturer spending or just starting. What you do is you want to get you some Visa gift cards. The best ones on the market are the Simon Mall gift cards. You can get them online. You can get them in person, depending on your area. So once you get the Simon Mall gift cards, let's say you get $10,000 in Simon Mall gift cards. They charge a $3.95 activation fee. If you get a $1,000 one, I usually see them at $500, but if you get a $1,000 one, it's $1,000, $3.95 activation fee. You get $10,000, $3.95 times 10, you know, you're paying $40. Those are fees already there. So you're already cutting into your profit. But the thing with uh, the gift card method is it takes time. Once you get those Visa gift cards, the $10,000, you put it on the credit card you want to actually liquidate or get points for. You're going to take the Simon Mall gift cards and you're going to go to a store like Kroger and you're going to purchase some money orders. So money orders, again, it could be 88 cents for 500 or 88 cents for a thousand, whatever the fees are. So you'll purchase money orders and then you deposit it to like your business checking account. 
So that allows you to actually liquidate and do manufacturer spending as well. So in that scenario, if you use like a 2.5% cashback card, 2.5% of the $10,000, that'll be 250, but you got to subtract the $40 from the 395 activation fee. So your profit's already down to $210. You get 10 money orders that are about a dollar each. So you end up with $200. So, but it's, you got to take time doing it here and there. But like I said, in the Cat MS Secrets um, course, I've come up with some methods to where you can just do it from the comfort of your own home. It's fast. You don't have the fees at time. But gift card method, PayPal method, both are good methods. But I say that to say those are just starters. And the whole purpose of the whole manufacturer spending thing, it helps you meet sign-up bonuses. You know, when they say something like spend 4000 within the first 30 days to get, you know, $200 or something. So manufacturer spending can help that. Manufacturer spending can increase your limits because they're seeing you're using your card and you're consistently paying it back. And one thing I always tell people about manufacturer spending, you also want to use, do organic spending with it too. You don't want to just only manufacturer spend on your card because that can signal an alert. It's completely legal. You can look it up. I'm not coming on here on the podcast talking about any illegal activity or on a recorded line, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's just a little bit about manufacturer spending and just the power of um, credit. And I didn't even touch on the different credit laws. I gave y'all earlier 15 USC 1692C, the communication section. If you use it with 15 USC 1692K, that's a violation of a thousand. But you know, yeah, that's a little bit of information. That's a very hefty little bit of information. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really wonderful. So is it that you are, you're like flipping your, your credit is what it would be flipping credit for cash, or is it that you are using the credit to build a business that gives you cash to pay it off later? So, I mean, it really dependent on you, but manufacturer spending in the most basic sense is you're using their money to get free money because essentially you're purchasing something and then you're returning it but you still got the reward points from it. So if I have a $10,000 credit card, well, I do have a $10,000 credit card that gives a 2.5% cashback. If I max it out, but then I return the item, I got the money back and I just got to pay down my card, but I still got the reward points. I still got $250, you know? So that's basically what the manufacturer spending is. When we talk about building businesses and stuff, that's a whole different play. We talk about being on the business side and how you can get 0% interest credit cards to go and start a business for free. When we talk about businesses for free, you can leverage your good credit to go get multiple vehicles for free. So one thing I did, I have, I have cars on Chura. So I got business, a Bank of America auto loans. They allow you to get up to four auto loans per LLC. So for my LLC, Consumer Ammunition Tactics, I got four vehicles, zero money down, right? And it was because of the fact I had that good personal credit. I had to be the PG or personal guarantor saying that I'm back in my business so that I can get these vehicles. And basically that's, that's one example of what I mean, starting a business for free, because I was able to get the cars, zero money down. I listed on Turo. You don't have your first payment until like maybe 30 to 45 days later. And with my situation, it was crazy. I've, I've talked about it on my podcast here and there. But I just had to run around as far as like my contracts with certain vehicles. So with some of my cars, I had more time just because a contract didn't go through initially, then it went through and it took time. But I say that to say the businesses were started for free based off of the fact I was able to leverage my good credit. A different play is you can go to a business bank, bank and get a business credit card. Like I said, 0% interest for like six months, 12 months and things like that. I went to a key bank. I got two 0% interest credit cards for six months, $10,000 limits each. Now $20,000, you can go ahead and take the money off of it. You can start your Airbnb or something like that. So it just depends on what you want to do. But I just want everybody to operate in the fact that you want to leverage your credit to do things for free because you don't deserve to be using your own money. You want, you want to leverage it to put it into some cryptocurrency. We're in like, we're possibly heading into a bearish market for people that, you know, follow cryptocurrency. So a lot of stuff is on sale right now as far as the investment market. So you could get a 0% interest card, buy some crypto, 
if it eventually goes up, we don't know what the future is. You take the money off and then pay back your car. So it's a lot of different plays you can do with your credit. Yeah. And also another thing that I've heard about too is the reward points and that people either have like incredible results from them or they have like these horror stories about going on these vacations and it turns out only is for it's for one passenger instead of for two on the plane or something like that and so someone has to stay behind is it that the reward points are good for like simple things what are reward points yeah so reward points is basically i mean it's basically a cashback like i'm talking about what you're getting from manufacturer spending and the good thing about reward points as far as cash i'm going to touch on travel too but the good thing as far as the reward points in terms of the cashback is that you can't be taxed on cashback so that's why i like manufacturer spending too so it is a loophole as far as being able to earn and use money tax-free so that's one thing people should be aware of too so there's no reason why you shouldn't be manufactured spending right as far as the travel, one card I like and I recommend people get is American Express Business Platinum card. So, well, it doesn't have to be the Business Platinum, but I personally have the Business Platinum. So they have a sign-up bonus. When I was doing it, they had a sign-up bonus of 150,000 points, which is equivalent to $1,500. And you can get it when you spend your first, I think it's 15,000 within the first three months. And if you've been listening closely to the podcast, I've given you guys enough to know how to manufacture spend at least $15,000. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's an easy free $1,500. And that gives you travel. You could take those points. If you want a first class flight, you can go ahead and do all that. One card too that I like is a Barclays card. And this is, this, this card is a hack too, because basically what they do is they give you 60,000 points, which is about, I think it's a little bit over 600 according to Barclays' number. But it's 60,000 points based off of your first purchase. A lot of my clients, I tell them, go to the dollar store. Any purchase, go to the dollar store. You spend a dollar, you just turn it into $600. That's a great, you know, return. So you could use that for travel as well. I think they're partnered with American Airlines. So as far as the reward points, it's not limited just to cashback. You could also use it for travel you can use it for free flights here and there so the the main theme is you know you just want to make sure your manufacturer spending and i think you were saying something about someone being left behind earlier if someone was in that case that scenario both parties should be manufacturer spending regardless so that's my solution for them so no one gets left behind so yeah. you were talking about it's getting it's american express business platinum and also a Barclays card, and what those things would do is with the Amex card, that gives you $1,500 cash if you can spend 15000 within the first three months. And with the Barclays card, you get, you said, if you use that and you spend, you said a dollar at the dollar store, that'll give you $600 cash back or 600 points is what it would give you okay so it's it's sixty thousand points which comes out to about 600 something dollars that you use for flight travel okay. and then the america yeah and then the american and business platinum they always have different promotions going on but i'm speaking on what it was for me so it might be the same it might not be the same for you for me it was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar offer and one thing you can do you can literally just call american express and let's say you applied when you saw it was 100,000 points or something. You could ask them and be like, oh, I got an offer for 125,000 or 150,000, whatever you want. You might as well try, you know what I'm saying? So it's just different things that you could um, try with that. What has been the best business model or the best industry to go into if you were applying manufactured spending to? Like, as you said before, with the flipping the laptops, could there, could you get them at like a, at a place, as you said, like a Costco or a Sam's Club and then flip them for maybe $100, $200 more and then keep that cash back and then get to pay off the card as well? I mean, that wasn't what I was talking about, but you could, yeah, you could technically 
do something like that. I mean, if you want to talk about like, um, like, uh, what's it called? Yeah. Flipping or like drop shipping or something. So that actually reminds me during my debt free journey. One thing I did was I did Amazon and eBay drop shipping. So the way I would do it is I would look up Amazon lightning deals. Amazon always has deals going on. So this was, this was like back, this was a while ago, so it might be different now, but let's say um, a product was like 50% off on Amazon. I would look up the same product on eBay and then I would see it for the regular price. So I would list it. When someone would buy it on eBay, I'll go to Amazon, I'll purchase it at that 50% off, I'll ship it to that person, I'll keep the profit. So I'm just fun uh, functioning as like a middleman. But as far as the whole manufacturer spending thing, I'm not, when I'm doing it, I'm not necessarily flipping anything. I'm just looking for the reward points. So in that laptop example, you know, that's $6,000. Um, using 1% cash back, as soon as I return it, you know, I got $60. And maybe that, maybe I want to use that to cover gas or something like that. But those are, like I said, those are, that's like the retail method. Those are like the basic plays that you can do. And those are what I tell people to do beginning. But the real, real plays as far as the retail method and what I did recently is something called uh, Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So Rakuten, I encourage everybody to download it. It's a cashback website. And basically they have a lot of different cashback deals going on. So they like to have it around like Christmas, any holiday, any holiday season you think of, they're going to they're gonna have a lot of cashback. So one example that I did was through K's Jewelry. And normally they were having, I think it was like 2 to 3% cashback. But in this particular moment, which was Cyber Monday, which had just passed recently, they were having a 15% cashback. So basically what I did was I went on a website and I took my 2.5% cashback card and I bought a $9,000 necklace. $9,000, we can round it up to about $10,000. So just from using my card, that's two hundred and fifty dollars. We're we, we gonna do some. We're gonna do some math here on the podcast. So just from using my card, that was two hundred and fifty dollars. Ten thousand dollars. Two point five percent cashback. Two hundred fifty. I hope everyone's following. But on top of that, because I went through Rakuten, I got fifteen percent cashback. So fifteen percent of ten thousand dollars. That sounds like fifteen hundred dollars to me. Fifteen hundred dollars plus the two hundred and fifty dollars. That sounds like seventeen fifty, which is almost two thousand dollars. So that was one plague that I showed online on my um instagram i i ran it so what happened was the the necklace came to me they shipped it to me and then i received it i returned it in person and i got the money back and i i was able to get it back on my visa debit card so the money went instantly back into my bank account different institutions it might take days everyone's institution is different but i got the money back essentially i got the ten thousand back i was able to pay back down the card so i got almost $2,000 just for using my credit, right? I never used my own money. I used the bank's money. That was one example I showed. I also have a $25,000 card. So I don't even need to elaborate on the play you could run with that. But just to let you know, you do the same thing. You max out that $25,000 card at um, like a 1.5% cashback. I believe 1.5% of $25,000, you're going to get 375, which is about $400. If you, at that 15% rate, I think it was just, I think it was like $4,000 if I'm not mistaken. So basically the play that I was letting people know on my Instagram was the fact that you can get $6,000 just based off of having good credit. And that was just based off of clicking a couple buttons on your phone, entering your card information. No job is going to pay you $6,000 for like 30 minutes of work. You know what I'm saying? So people need to be manufacturer spending. So I encourage people to look at Rakuten as cashback stacking if you really want to make that real, real money. So in learning all these different methods like uh, manufactured spending and being able to utilize the points to to travel, to use them even to get the cash back and then pay off like rent and stuff like that, did you encounter any any errors? Did you have anything, any issues? Did you experience any failures? And if so, how did you overcome them? Yeah, no, I've definitely experienced several. And 
that's the thing with manufacturer spending. It's what comes with the game. It's what comes with the territory. You're going to experience certain situations where it may not work as expected. I've ordered something and then they returned it instantly back to the credit card that I used versus letting me get it back on the debit I wanted to get, right? So that's been one instance. I've been in situations where it didn't go as expected. I'm doing the gift card method. I'm about to buy money orders, but then they're saying like, they don't allow gift cards to be able to purchase money orders. But technically, the gift card is a debit Visa card. So by definition, you should be able to do it. So I got declined. But then I, the thing was, I came back because I knew at that location, I've had success. So it just happened to be that person. So one thing I tell people goes back to the cap principles, cap uh, values, consistency. Imagine if I let that one person deter me and I was just like, I'm not going to do manufacturer spending anymore. This person held me back. It doesn't work. So one thing that I do in my life is accountability. You got to take ownership of what's, what's going on in your life. Just because it didn't work for me in that situation doesn't mean I should quit. I just got to take accountability. Okay, I came at the wrong place at the wrong time. I could have came across this dude and maybe he was having a terrible day. Maybe that's why it didn't work. But I came back the next day. I came across a different associate. I was able to get my desired result. So one thing I tell people about manufacturing spending, you just got to be consistent. You just got to be accountable. You just, you just got to, you just got to take action at the end of the day. And one thing I say too, track your movements. I track the movements I've been doing. Okay. I went over here. It was a su success. I went over here. It was a lesson, right? I don't look at stuff as uh, failures. I don't look at stuff as uh, lose. The word lose isn't lesson. So I prefer to say lesson, right? So I, I learned a lesson. I didn't, I didn't lose, you know what I'm saying? So I just want people to understand and have, have that mindset when it comes to manufacturer spending, when it comes to credit or just executing any of these plays, it's going to be what comes with the territory. There's going to be quote unquote failures. There's going to be lessons, you know what I'm saying? So you just got to, you just got to take action. You won't know until you actually jump. You don't know what you don't know. Like I've been, like I said in the beginning of the podcast. So you just got to take action. It's definitely not just going to be sweet. Everything's going to work in your favor. It, 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 nothing in life works like that. If you can tell me something in life where there's no errors, no risk, no nothing, then I need to be in that business, whatever people are doing. But everything has a risk. There's a risk by being at your job right now and only having it as your source of income. You can get let go. There's a risk in you starting that business because maybe what if you don't have any more clients anymore? There's a risk in life. Everybody's going to die one day. You know what I'm saying? So you just got to take that risk. So that's just really what it is. Yeah. And everything in terms of credit wise, can you use, I think the, you mentioned this, talking about using your, your, your credit to go towards an Airbnb. Is there a way you can utilize your credit to purchase real estate? Yeah, definitely. So it goes back to the fact that a lot of people think you need so much money to get into real estate, but I know various people in my network that they started their real estate portfolios off of their credit. So they went and got business funding as far as business credit cards. Like I was saying earlier, that could be 0% for 12 months or something like that. And they were able to take the money off of it. That became their down payment. So they, they came in with a little bit of money. Some people think like, oh, you see a $100,000 house, you got to come in with like $100,000 or, you know, maybe 50% of it or something like that. You could always do the FHA route, or, which is one way as well. But the thing is, you shouldn't be using your own money. I don't recommend using your own money to get into real estate. If I'm going into real estate, my mindset is, how can I use business funding? How can I use the bank's money to do it? Get into positive debt and then move forward. And that's one of the things too, I learned about my journey with uh, credit, because this is coming from someone that paid off their student loans within one year of graduation. So I'm thinking like, you know, debt is bad, this, that, and the third, but there's good debt because you can go into positive debt as far as putting all that money on that 0% interest credit card. As soon as you've got your tenants coming in, you pay back down that card. And then now you're in the green. Any business you're gonna go into, you're going to go in the red initially just because you're using their money. You don't want to use your own money. And then, you know, you can move forward. But I say that to say, 
you definitely can start real estate for free off of using those the business credit cards. And a lot of people don't realize your personal credit is going to be dependent a lot of times on the business credit funding that you get. That's why I say the foundation is that personal credit. I mentioned earlier, I have a $25,000 personal credit card. So a lot of times on the business side, you can get funding twice, three times as much. So be, the fact that I have a 25000 personal credit card, that lets them know when they're reviewing my information, we can give this guy at least $50,000 credit card or you know upwards of more funding. So just really focus on the foundation, which is a personal side. If you got negative items on your report, CAT, we have credit repair services. We have very, what's it called? We have various documents and resources for you to do it yourself as well. But if you don't have the time, you know, we can help you repair it as well. We got both sides. We teach you the consumer credit laws that can help you remove stuff. Uh, the FCRA or Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is 15 USC 1681. There's, uh, let me give you, let me give people one law they can even use. So 15 USC 1681B number two, if you go down to number two, it talks about nothing should be on your credit report unless it's in written instructions of the consumer. You guys are the consumers. Consumers are the most powerful piece in this United States corporation. United States corporation, when I say corporation, I'm talking about the law 28 USC 3002. If you go down to number 15A, the United States is defined as a federal corporation. So the United States does commerce. They're defined as a corporation. So everybody, we need to be in that mindset of you're not a citizen of the United States. You're a consumer of the United States. They want you to say you're a citizen because you don't have power as a citizen. You wouldn't walk into Target and be like, I'm a citizen of Target. You have power by saying I'm the customer of Target. And in law terms, that's consumer. So that's where the consumer and consumer ammunition tactics comes from. The fact that you got to understand your power as a consumer. The ammunition is information I'm giving these manufacturer spending stuff I'm telling you all about. The tactics is how you execute it, how you go about executing the manufacturer spending and things like that. So that was where the naming of my business was real, really intentional. So yeah, just a little bit of information on that one as well. So whenever you talk about it's United States Corporation, so yeah. whenever people are talking about it's the the national debt crisis in terms of that America is borrowing way too much money and that we are going we're going down and negative, isn't isn't that something not to be like super? I mean, isn't it something to be concerned about in terms of even being a consumer? in terms of taking credit against the United States? Is that something that can be uh, negative to the economy or it's something that's even positive to the economy? So I don't look at it as negative because of the fact that if the United States over here is in so much debt, then it's like, what are we at? Why as we as consumers not doing the same thing? If you go to 18 USC 8, it talks about the obligation of the United States. USC, for people that may not be knowing what I'm talking about, USC means U.S. code. So when I say 15 USC or 18 USC, 18 USC talks about the obligation of the United States. So the obligation assumes all obligation of consumers. So I encourage people to read 18 USC 8, and then you'll have that mindset of where you wouldn't necessarily feel as bad about, you know, going into debt because the United States is conducting certain business. But like I say, I'd encourage people to read these different laws because this is very, very powerful information. So I don't want to, it's, you don't want to say too much publicly, but just read these laws I'm referencing and you'll really get information. If you look at 12 USC, I think, I believe it's 1431. It talks about the power and duty of banks. The banks are technically borrowers. They've just functioned us to think that they're giving us a loan, but they're giving us what we already paid for through our credit. Our credit is our credit card. They're using our credit card, which is our social security card. Social security card or our credit card is defined in the Truth and Lending Act, which is 15 USC 1602L. So I just encourage people to look at the different laws I'm talking about. And one thing I'll say is I've literally just been studying as far as these laws coming up on a year. So I say that to say, if you're thinking everything I'm saying is super advanced and you don't know what I'm talking about, 
it lets you know what's possible when you're really consistent, going back to the cap principles, when you're really consistent, you know, you have the ability to actually do it. So just take a weekend, take each and every day, get 1% better as far as studying these credit laws, because it rules everything that's going on in um, this nation. So I just encourage people to do their research. You can tap into the, I have a free consumer laws 101 document in my IG bio. So I got a place called the Cat Credit University. I have a lot of documents and resources for people over there. So if they want to tap in, they can go ahead and tap in that. All right. Well, almost out of time. So Michael, I have one more question for you. Right. And that is, if you had the ability to send the worldwide text, what would your message be? Leverage your credit. To what extent? So I would say leverage your credit as far as starting any kind of business to help you increase your income, leverage your credit as far as manufacturer spending, and just leverage your credit because you don't deserve to be using your own dollars when we're in this nation that's in so much debt. So just, I would just encourage people to prioritize working on their credit, prioritize leveraging that credit, go get you some vehicles, put it on Tura. Go get you an Airbnb, start making you some money. Go get you 0% interest cards. You can start using that to invest in different stocks, options, uh, cryptocurrency, and just uh, things of that nature. So leverage your credit in terms of using your credit to gain something new. Study the consumer laws, you know? So just, just focusing on credit. So focusing on the credit laws, focusing on credit repair, if you will. And just using credit to get to that next level, because this is what the rich people are doing. This is what people in our community aren't necessarily taught about too much. So just leveraging credit and tap into my resources, because I definitely, if you don't know where to start, I got the resources for you. Where can people find your information? Yeah, so people can find me on Instagram at Mike O. Benjamin. So M-I-C-H, first four letters of my first name, O. And then Benjamin, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N, at Mike O. Benjamin. And then you can also follow our business page, which is C-A Tactics LLC. So C-A-T-A-C-T-I-C-S LLC. We're on Instagram. Go to the link in the bio. You'll be able to get free resources. You'll be able to get paid resources if you're ready to invest in yourself. And yeah, that's where you can find us. Well, Michael, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Black Gold Podcast. Please subscribe and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at the Black Gold Pod in order to be updated about new episodes each week. In order to listen to incredible and inspiring stories, please go to the Black Gold Podcast website and make a donation so the stories of these incredible and amazing people will be waiting for you each and every week so that you may be inspired and become an inspiration to someone else.